Yo, on Saturday, June 8th at Alumni Flushing, we'll be co-hosting the Issue 5 launch event for the hottest magazine in the market hottest. right now. Hot off the presses. Banana Magazine. You heard that right. Banana Magazine. With exclusive appearances by the lovely Vicky Ho. Hi. <laughs> Kathleen So. Hello. That's Kathleen So with T-S-O, like General Souls Chicken. Don't get it twisted. Uh-huh. And of course, yours truly, J-Key, and the lovely team members of 6.99 per pound podcast. Jojo! Yes, you can still smell her hair. <laughs> Powered by Adidas. We'll have drinks, goodies, music, and of course, Banana Magazine Volume 5. Available on-site. You get to cop it, get it signed, buy it, and resell it in Mongolia. Whatever you want to do. At Alumni Flushing on Saturday, June 8th. Powered by Adidas and, of course, the lovely members of Banana Magazine. Yo, we can't wait to hang at Alumni with the fam. Come through. See all the killer Queens heads. Yes. Get on that 7 train. Queens represent. Hip-hop. Hip-hop is hip yeah. Hip-hop, yeah. Meow. Hey yo, hey yo, coming to you. This is not live and direct. Actually, is the opposite of that. This is pre-recorded. So yo, everything sounds crisp, clear. Shout Fix out to my post. man. Yes, shout out to the post-production god, Marcus motherfucking Ham. You know what I mean? But yo, shout out to Canal Street Radio, listening party. Once again, we are at Canal Street Market that is prominently on Canal Street. So if you're interested in buying you know banging food or like any sort of trinkets or accessories all types of situations make sure you come and check us out over here but yes we have another very special guest i've been following these young ladies and their movements for the last i don't know like four or five years now yeah four or five years so they've always came through uh doing righteous activities their brand has grown tremendously um and you know they've always shown me love whenever i met them in the streets, at industry functions, or at trade shows. At Buddha. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so all these different um, areas, you know, they've always shown me tremendous love. So I like to uh, pass the mic to Jojo, who's mm-hmm. actually going to add on to whatever perfection that I've already uttered. For sure. Um, very perfect, Jakey. Thank you. Well, I just met them, and they've also showered me with love. <laughs> so we're all in the same page here. But I've been following you guys for a really long time. I'm I'm sure that our listeners are like, okay, who is it? Um, but basically, we have the lovely founders of Banana Magazine. It is a print magazine, but I'm sure it's going to be an empire soon enough. Um, it focuses on kind of Asian-American, Asian themes through a creative lens. Um, It was kind of a splash in terms of breaking through the usual Asian-American kind of narratives of maybe cookie cutter, um, love you, but Audrey Coriam, or for example, like NBC Asian America. But honestly, I worked there so I could say this. Love you, James. Love you, James. Uh, I could only say this. Um, But yeah, growing up with those kind of, you know, 17-esque magazine was awesome. But seeing something like Banana, where we were displayed in so many intricate and kind of subculture ways was so cool to me. 
as like a you know basic girl from 626. <laughs> mm. So we're really excited to have you guys today in, in celebration of issue five, which is like crazy. Would love to hear how you uh. came from that first really hard step to growing and expanding. Um, and as Jakey illustriously introduced, uh-huh. um, they're going to be having their launch party at Alumni. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I said that, but thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I read your mind. Yeah, you already did. So, um, I like to once uh, once again, I like to welcome the host or the founders of Banana Magazine, Kathleen and Vicky. Make some noise for them, yo! Sound effects, sound effects, sound effects. A lot of sound effects. Yeah. Um, well, in addition to just lurking on you guys on Instagram and just seeing your stuff pop up, I also listened to your uh, podcast episode with our friends at Asian Not Asian mm. and um, hosted by Fumi and Mike, also listening party family. I know, yo, Fumi actually talk on the mic like this. Hey, yo, what's going oh on? Like- when we edited that episode, we're like, okay, we need to bring this way yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Fumi. Down. Yeah, but their episode was really great because we kind of got into like the genesis of how you guys grew up. He called you guys to cool Asian <laughs> I think you know sweet Thanks, sweet guy. I know but you guys really are kind of like the cool Asians you guys talked about you know growing up in kind of the fringes of your school life like Vicky you grew up in a very you know, Asian dominated mm-hmm. you know grew up in Brooklyn, Brooklyn and yeah. Kathleen you grew up in Texas right mm-hmm. and like a very different environment but um, how did you guys come together to start Banana Magazine if you can give our listeners a quick recap yeah. Um, so, so this is who, who oh, this are you is speaking? Oh, uh, okay, got you. What up? Yeah, what up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I mean, just like the quick background on how Kathleen and I met. We actually met through the fashion industry at the time. Um, I was working heavily in fashion PR, and Kathleen was working in trend forecasting. An editorial, and so we just kept bumping into each other at functions. Um, we ended up realizing we had a lot of mutual friends and we connected on 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 a set for this video shoot six years ago um and it was all about man repeller style so our friend was looking for girls who dressed in a way that repelled men Mm. and is this association with man repeller no 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 it was just about like as the the, as the only male in this room right now Mm -hmm. uh mine is the sound maestro marcus what what is a men repeller style like can you so it's just like not like what you would it's not like sexualized i guess and you know Mm -hmm. that this also was six years ago right which i don't think the mindset is that now um but you know kathleen came through in a slayer t-shirt so is kathleen's fit right now men repeller Sure. I mean, I mean, I you got the, the King of New York T-shirt on. I know it's supreme. I, I guess it. I the way I interpret it is that so much of like fashion and art have been through a male gaze, like a, a you know men painting women, photographing women, and and it is like Vicky said, very sexualized. You know, okay. like maybe tight fitting clothes. Um, it's like women dressing for themselves or dressing for yeah. other women versus dressing in a way to attract a man. Yeah, got yeah that's you. a really good way to put okay, it. Okay, yeah. got you, got you. But yeah, okay. we we were the only two Asians on set. Uh. Kathleen came through in a Slayer tee. I was in some baggy overalls. <laughs> uh-huh. so, you know, it was a match made in heaven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we had always we got really close after that, and um, you know, that was actually one of the first times I felt a connection um, to another Asian who had this had similar creative interests as myself. Yeah. Um, and we found ourselves like talking so much about 
everything else. And then plus the nuances of being Asian. And mm. um, we talked a lot about our parents' upbringings, our upbringings, um, and found so many similarities between us, even though we grew up in such different parts of, of the country. Um, and then from there, we got, you know, we grew really close. Um, we got really drunk one night um, <laughs> off margaritas. And we we're like, why don't As we work all together? all good ideas start. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. why don't we work together? And like, we got to do something. And um, at the time, we were super inspired by the guys from Street Etiquette. Mm. Who, you know, six years ago, they had built a mass and like a huge following, um, you know, and, and storytelling about young black creatives in New York. And we love that. And we were kind of thinking, you know, we know that so were, that many. That are very like fashion forward yeah, and stylish, yeah. right? And, you know, at the time. Shout you out know, to Street Etiquette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the time, African-Americans in New York definitely were not, I wouldn't say being being seen through that lens, with mm-hmm. that creative Showcase lens. That way. And they really brought that to the map. And, you know, we, we looked at them. We looked at our community, our friends. A lot of them were Asian. A lot of them were super creative, but they were not getting the spotlight that, that they deserved honestly and so we're like okay like what's something we could do that could bring all of us together where you know I've been wanting to collaborate with Kathleen and collaborate with a bunch of others so how do we bring all that together and you know drink after drink you know mm-hmm. banana just started to come into fruition mm. oh mm-hmm. nice pun right there oh mm. oh my god ah! <laughs> oh no look at me <laughs> I thought I was like so brain dead from working oh girl you, you were working off the clock wow yeah, okay wow. wow okay uh anything would you like to add Kathleen I mean that that was perfectly said um <laughs> I you know I just want to echo what she was saying it was just really great to create a platform that we didn't have growing up mm. um you know we had like hyphen magazine audrey magazine all of that yoke um giant yoke, robot, a giant robot mm. and a lot of it was based on the west coast um and oh, didn't so really true. have like a presence here in new york city there wasn't one with a really specific like creative lens um you know we were reading like vice id dazed um and we're craving more Asian stories, so why not create like a singular platform where yeah. those stories could exist in those other publications, but put it all in one place and you know fund it ourselves, produce it ourselves, so we can just make it come to life instead of waiting for it to come to life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nah, that's that's righteous. That's a very mm-hmm. good uh, PR summary right there. Like <laughs> I love it. I love it. Our elevator pitch. Nah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um. So I, I think I first came across Banana Mag mm-hmm. um, when you guys were doing some sort of a crowdfunding campaign. Mm, yeah, probably uh, like back in issue one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was when you guys were doing the crowdfunding campaign. And I remember um, the immediate reaction that like the gut feeling that I had was honestly like banana to me was kind of a negative term. Like because it was like, yo, yellow you're on yellow the on the outside, white, white on, on the, the inside. inside. So I had like five like fresh off the boat. Uh, friends will be like, oh, JK, you banana. And then like, like the motherfuckers that can't even speak Korean or Chinese, their native tongue, like they'll be like, yo, JK, yo, you, you mad fob, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and I was like always in the middle. So like that term banana never really sit well with me. So when you guys first like started the mag and decided to call it that, did you guys have any sort of like, you know, um, people like questioning why you guys decided to name it that? Yeah, totally. But I, 
I love the way you just described that, right? Because that's a feeling we've all had. Mm. Like, you know, you're not Asian enough when you go to see your relatives and in Taiwan, China, Korea, wherever. And then you're not American enough when you're going to school in Texas because you, you know, are Asian. Yeah. And you don't look like a quote unquote American, um, especially the way that it was perceived back, you know, in our upbringing years. Um, and we we definitely had a little bit of backlash when we first launched um, during the crowdfunding of no 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 it was after we released the issue one and Vice gave us our, our first piece of press which was really great and it got picked up by Asian Reddit um, mm. where you know people were talking about us they were like oh I bet they have white boyfriends banana super offensive yeah and we do agree with like some of the comments that they said you know where the term banana isn't encompassing of a 100% American experience because white on the inside, it doesn't, you know, like America is black, white, brown, you know, whatever, yellow. So it's not really telling that whole story. But at the end of the day, like that experience that we all have of like that whiteness of like associating that with America is because we were and are growing up in a in a country and a nation that is so like white dominated, white ruled, the you know, every everything in media was like ruled by white, all the faces we saw movies. Exactly. So, you know, we do hear all of those criticisms. Um, and also hear those criticisms of people who, you know, were called a banana in a derogatory term. Right. Um, I was not. I, actually, and my sister who came up with the the term banana, I mean, sorry, the name banana for the magazine. She, you know, me, me and my sisters were called banana in a really kind of lighthearted way from our parents. Mm. Um, it was like, oh, you guys are so banana. You're ABC. You know, you're not like you're not like totally Asian and you like have all these American qualities. And so we really love this concept of like, okay, if we're not Asian enough and we're not like white enough, um, then what are we? And then that makes us like a banana. So why don't we find a way to reclaim it or redefine it or navigate through like those reasons why we felt like a banana? No, no, no. I Mm. totally think that if you embrace a term that might have a negative connotation and then uh, turn it into something positive, I, I applaud that 100%. Like, if you think about, like, the name complex or vice, mm-hmm. if you think about it, like, yo, those are those could be interpreted as negative. You know what I mean? Like, having a vice or having a complex, you know what I'm saying? But obviously, they turned that shit into a positive. So, mm-hmm. on that note, um, I feel like, yeah, you know, everything has turned out well for you guys so far. Yeah, and I so. feel like we have, like, over the last five years, I mm. do feel like we were able to reclaim that term through the content that we've been putting out year after year. Like, like there was definitely a lot of heavy backlash, like, in issue one when, like, no one knew about us, right? But as we kept going with it and kept pushing the narrative through our stories and what we're trying to tell, I think a lot of people did get it. And, you know, that's where, that's how we've, we are where we are today. And like, we, we see this huge sense of pride. Like every time we, we do a community event, like anything like that, people want to like rock banana, like on the, sh- on their shirts yeah. like as a keychain. you know, we recently, we, a few years ago, we coined the term Bayesian, um, which was our way of like, Asian pride or like, mm. you know, just another, another term that people can relate to, can feel ownership towards, would want to identify with and wear. So, so you guys were the and one so, that actually coined that term? Mm-hmm. They, like, I mean, term? I don't know if, I mean, there could be other people right, right, right. that coined it. It's also a term to 
Did y'all trademark Bermudians, it? Ber- Ber- people from Bermuda oh, okay. are also oh. Bayesians. Right, 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 right. Um, which is <laughs> also base. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But we just started using it, yeah. um, and then people really seemed to like it. And nah, that, that, I thought up. that I was—I didn't even know like y'all were one of the uh, front runners, were the yeah. were the trailblazers <laughs> of using we that term. We should update that on the Urban yeah. Dictionary. Nah, for yeah. sure, that shit is tight. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the kind of how you guys push through the negative feedback because. Mm-hmm. I think it, that's very courageous, you know. And that in, when people experience backlash, I think it's some people might have been like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't do this," or like, mm-hmm. "How do we overcome this?" We um, got so much more positive affirmation yeah. than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that made you guys yeah. have faith that like we're doing something and, right. And I knew, you know, like another reason why we really love the term banana as well is it's just that it's an insider term. It's something that all of us in the room have heard, but maybe some Joe Schmo white guy has never heard it. So they're like, oh yeah, like the fruit. And then it's it's like a little inside joke for us like to immediately get. And it's a term that we use in our own community and it's not used derogatory from like someone who's outside of our community. Yeah. So how would you say um, from issue one to issue five, you know, obviously every issue, I'm sure you guys have those pitch meetings of like, all right, like what is this issue going to be about? Can you yeah. give us an inside look on how you guys come up with um, the theme of each issue? Like how mm-hmm. you guys want to tell a story comprehensively with each release? It's definitely evolved heavily from yeah. issue one. Like issue one was like us and our immediate group of friends and like kind of just like pulling homie favors like as much as possible um, to create the stories. And then um, as we kept building on on the brand and our platform, like more and more we were getting stories that were getting pitched to us. Um, and then, which, which was like really helpful. Um, but I would say like now to issue five, it's probably about like, I don't know, like 30% stories that were pitched to us and then we work really closely with the the writer whoever was pitching us to, to develop the story and then the other 70% are um, ideas that we had been already been thinking about um, for issue five um, we had started crowdsourcing some Q&A's through Instagram stories oh, yeah. um, and we just kind of wanted to see what our readers really cared about and like what are things that we don't know that we should be put onto. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, one, one of the reasons we started Banana is because we want to learn about our collective identity as well. Yeah. And like we're not going to get that with the with the type of entertainment coverage that's coming out currently or media coverage coming out currently. So we wanted to hear from our readers and have them put us on. Mm-hmm. And that that was really cool because we we had some really great story ideas there. Um, it also kind of helped affirm some of the stories that we were thinking about um, that, you know, oh, it turns out the readers also wanted that. Like a great example is our issue five cover artist, Eric Hu. Um, he's the global design director at Nike. Um, amazing guy to work with and like super creative and a lot of our readers really wanted him featured Mm. and we had already been thinking about him back in like issue three or four Mm -hmm. or something like that so you know it was like a really cool thing to see that we're all on the same page collectively Mm -hmm. I think first off like agents and cannabis culture you know what I'm saying like (laughs) I think that definitely stood out to me I mean uh just you know 
contrary to popular belief, J.K. is not a cannabis blazer. You know what I mean? Like, J.K.'s sober. Really? Yeah, no, yeah, J.K.'s yeah. sober. Sober, like, almost 99.9% per, of the time. Mm-hmm. You know what so I mean? So, you don't drink alcohol either? I do, but, like, I, really. I, 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 really, I don't wow. really. You know, By this, Korean standards. Yeah, no, nah, this podcast is actually a very drunken podcast for most of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, we always have, like, a Tito bottle here and shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually the one that doesn't partake in it. You know what I mean? So shout out to all the listeners that believe in JK. Wow. But, uh, I mean, but imagine if you you did partake in it. Yo, like the things I'll, that you would say. Oh my God. Uh, you're unfiltered oh right now. I'm unfiltered right now. Imagine like the level of... Um, Censored the yeah. entire yeah, podcast. Pretty no, much. You know sure. what I mean? I'll say some wild shit. I might get arrested. But uh, so on that note, um, you know, like I wanted to ask yeah. you guys about the cannabis culture um, yeah. that is really being embraced by... I wouldn't say they're being embraced all of a sudden because Asian Americans have always been like blazing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if you go to like LA right now, like I've seen so many dudes like just caking, you know, yeah. off all these yeah. dispensaries. Now they have white labels for weed, oh, and all types of shit. Yeah. So yeah. like, what was that like experience like covering this culture? And like, can you give us like some subject matters that you guys covered? Yeah, that was like, that was one of the first stories you brainstormed that we knew like this is something we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think it really stemmed from, at, at the time we we had just met um, the amazing team behind Sunday School, which um, if you guys are not familiar, they are a um, Korean uh, smokeware label, um, as well as a cannabis lifestyle brand. And it was, it was awesome because they were creating a lot of garments that um, paid homage to their Korean roots. Um, they used designs to really tell the cannabis narrative through an Asian lens, which we loved. And um, we had first covered them in our newsletter back in like issue two, kept super close in touch with them. They've amassed like so, like a huge following. Um, and we just love how che- like cheeky it was with mm-hmm. um, tying in Korean garments um, in a modern way, but also having like little things like like loops on on the caps or like a little oh. jewel pocket on the inside, like it was just so genius. Yeah. And um, you know, we were just like, okay, if if something exists like this, there must be more people out there. And you know, I, I myself am a cannabis user, so you know, I know if and I know a ton of Asians who also smoke, so I knew there was definitely something there. Mm. Um, yeah, and we we did a ton of research. We knew, you know, we needed to shoot this out in LA. Um, and we just kind of leaned on our community and our and our network to to source those types of people. Um, also, around that same time, we had met um, Monica Lowe from Sue Weed. Um, she's awesome. She's based out in SF. And her whole thing is uh, creating uh, Asian recipes, but they're all infused um, mm-hmm. with cannabis through cooking uh, sous vide style. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She's incredible. Oh and and we had featured her on the newsletter too. And we're like, okay, look, that's already two Asians mm. in cannabis. Like, mm. <laughs> we're halfway done. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. So we just saw this trend pick yeah. up a lot and, and knew that there was there was more to it. Um, and yeah, we ended up finding like a ton of people out in LA that, that wanted you know, that had a story to tell. Right. Um, and it's so yeah. interesting because I think in our parents' generation, it's so, so bad it's in terms like, yeah, of like how they taboo. Like I was telling go, mom. Yeah, like you go to jail. Like it's yeah. like 
people are like, I'm so sorry I did like a horrible thing. Right, and right. here I, it's I like everyone's smoking. I was telling the mom, I was like, ah, oh, I just bought a bunch of Aurora stocks. You know what I'm saying? I was like, what is that? What company is that? Yeah, this shit is a weed company. Yeah. I'm trying to make money <laughs> off weed. And then she's like, oh, like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't <laughs> is that know. your mom impression? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, but yeah. like, but what the interesting thing is like, at least like in Chinese and Korean culture, I know like hemp mm-hmm. is like a big part mm-hmm. of actual, you know, everyday usage. And mm-hmm. that shit derives from weed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and, you know, people's, people have been blazing in Asia for, for eons, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like it really started from like the brown community, like under the Himalayas, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people has been blazing weed for, for decades, I mean, yeah, centuries. Definitely. And it's almost kind of like, I don't know. This is like dark J key coming in. Uh-oh. But it's like, yo, <laughs> like this shit is just like the government, man. You know what I'm saying? All the <laughs> pharmaceutical companies, they, they didn't know how to profit from all this shit. So if you really look at it. No, yeah, it's fair. Nah, totally. think about mm-hmm. it, right? In the 70s, like people of color would get arrested, especially black and Latino communities. People of like you sell like, I don't know, like a dime bag and you get two years in prison. You know what I mean? And then, yo, if a father figure from that neighborhood goes to prison, comes back, can't get a job, will commit crime again, and then you destroy your family nucleus. And then those kids end up in gangs and the community really breaks apart. Mm-hmm. Now all these white guys are coming in and figuring out ways mm-hmm. to make money from cannabis and yeah. a company could just go fucking billy overnight. Nobody's calling that shit out. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's pretty It's pretty messed up. You it should, is. Did you watch the uh, Netflix special? No, nah, I did not. It's so, you would really So everything call. I said is like, it, it's, it's, exactly ver- it's pretty much they, that? Yeah, they See, basically Jake, got knowledge itself. No, they, they trace they trace cannabis to um, jazz in uh, New Orleans, uh. and it was like a very like African American centric type of drug. And mm-hmm. and in the documentary, they talk a lot about how the government, because they didn't know how to handle it, um, because of a lot of um, issues with interracial dating at the time, wow. they used weed as as a negative thing and cast it upon black um, black Americans. And basically turned it into like this very scary illegal drug because they didn't want their white women um, consummating mm. at the jazz clubs. Mm. So you should you should you should watch that documentary. Yeah, really I, know, I know we kind of went off topic, yeah, but, but yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> feel like you know yeah, there needs you're to be very more passionate about this. Yeah, yeah, like there needs to be more rights being spoken about. You know, uh, cannabis business like mm-hmm. that. Yo, people of color, not just Asian Americans, but all people of color, really needs to get their hands on like shout out to all the street pharmacists in washington heights you know what i'm saying yeah. like y'all need to figure out how to like turn this into legal businesses but yeah, on that note sure. um yeah so i kind of you know I, I definitely feel like this issue is definitely some of the uh, is one of the most global issue that you guys have mm-hmm. is, that, is, is that the case no i'm not sure if it's the most global but i think it's just like issue by issue just making sure we're trying to like incorporate global stories so not just stories coming from the western hemisphere or even just north america but where how are we bringing in like a perspective from like the east and how are we finding those connections between our experience and their experience um so this issue um i got to do a story on the taiwanese um drag culture specifically what's happening out in taipei Um, it's so Taiwan's where my parents are from. I grew Mm. up going there like every summer, but mostly just hanging out in my grandma's living room. Um, so it was really like important story for me to tell because it was the first time I was able to actually see what was going on, like in their subculture, or at least just start to discover a little bit of their sub, a subculture and a little piece of their nightlife. 
Um, so I actually got connected to um, some drag queens out there, met them. Um, our, you know, our homie Anne Rong was out there getting married. Oh, to shout out to Anne Rong. Queens represent. Exactly. So we had a photographer out there and um, got an opportunity to just do this really beautiful photo shoot with them at a um, KTV spot. Mm, um, that sounds like an yeah. Enron thing to do. Yes. A it, lot of red lights. A lot of colors. Yeah. Yeah. Moody. Mm-hmm. Um, the photography is beautiful. And then um, we got connected to Work, which is a monthly drag queen party that gets hosted out in Taipei. And they graciously, like, um, let us use all of their, like, archival party footage for <gasps> our wow. photos for our magazine. Um, so that was a really cool story for us to be able to explore, especially since um, Taiwan was just going through the referendum vote um, on whether or not like the public wanted to legalize same-sex marriage, um, which was um, voted legal in the courts like oh, just wow. before that. And then That's um, amazing. they took a public referendum and the country had voted against it yeah oh, so okay. now <laughs> Shit, i'm sorry damn yeah. I, I got excited a little too early and so it's a little bit of a crazy time right now for the lgbtq community out in um taiwan just because of like how polarized the opinions are um so it was just really cool to be able to you know dive a little bit into that and talk to some locals there and just like get a little bit of perspective mm-hmm. i mean without you guys spoiling a little too much of the mag tell tell us a little bit more about the lgbtq community i got that right right lgbtq mm-hmm. yeah always trying to Plus. make sure the acronyms are on point is like yeah. um like what's the scene like over there at least from your observation yeah so taipei is regarded as like one of the friendliest um lgbtq community or um, cities in asia um and it and it primarily is you know like when you go out like the nightlife a lot of it in like Ximending is um predominantly like like gay bars mm. like it's so popping out there um you know if you just like walk down the alley like you like will just like literally walk past like four in a row um, and it's also like extremely like global. There's like a lot of expats there. It's like very diverse, tons of like, um, you know, gay men from like all around the world come and move to Taipei because it's such a friendly city for them to live in. Um, so that was like really interesting because we were just like seeing how like diverse, like the like drag scene is just by um default of like the community Mm -hmm. um and then like right now like the drag scene is just now like getting started and a lot of it has been really influenced by rupaul's drag race which was my favorite show in the whole (laughs) world (laughs) so like literally like taipei's having this like drag renaissance Uh. because of the influence that the shows had and like the like rupaul like watch parties that like cafe delita would um host at their bar like every night or like every week um so it's really just cool to see like how like the how the pop culture sensation of that show and how it's traveled all the way across to like the other side of the world and how it's literally reinvigorating an entire like subculture um out in taipei yeah that's amazing i never seen a rude paul 
RuPaul. Uh, Ru- I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. Not Ruth Paul. Respect the name. I've seen the advertisement. Like, yeah. I've seen the posters all over the city. I've never seen an episode, yeah. but I'll check it out. No, it's crazy because I used to work at Viacom and mm-hmm. the music department. And I watched the show because there was a product placement that I had to like keep an out for. And I was like, <laughs> the show is amazing. These people are so talented. And mm-hmm. it's like 10, like, it's more than 10 seasons right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just such a huge power in entertainment, like how it empowers these group of people, like because it's been around for so long. There are contestants who said, I wanted to do drag because of RuPaul. RuPaul. Yeah, yes. And the show and the fact that it's gone global. And honestly, on a small scale, like for you guys too, is you're creating content that you didn't have when you were growing up, you know, being the change that you want to be. And somewhere, somehow, maybe a girl in Texas is going to be like, this is a banana magazine. And <laughs> maybe say like, I see me and have something that you guys didn't have before. So it's like so awesome that you mm. guys are doing all of that. So speaking of empowerment, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, we are like covering this magazine's launch because of, <sighs> I'm going to fuck this up. <laughs> AP, okay. Asian Heritage, what the fuck A-Pam? is it? Yo, they need a better branding for this shit, yo. <laughs> like, they, they, yeah. why can't they just call it AZN month or some shit? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'm getting me all confused. But anyway, yeah, we are doing this because of that. And um, I feel like this year, more so than the years before, uh, we have way more conversations about it. Um, like, I got booked by, like, three different agencies to come yeah. uh, for panels. And, you know, like, I feel like we're really feeling the impact. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the successful August month that we had last year. Thanks to like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy Rich Asians and all of that. Um, So as a, I guess as a media company or a media collective that is um, pushing that narrative, how do you guys feel? Do you guys feel like, yo, like, I think this issue, we're really going to start making some money? Like, (laughs) you know, like, you guys were the only kind of like a few and now there seems to be a lot more, more players. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and on top of that i remember when y'all did like that whole macy pop-up and i was like oh, yeah. yo that shit was sick you know yeah. what i mean so tell That's us cool. you know like flex a little bit like, like you know what i <laughs> mean like flex, yeah. tell us a little bit about like has things changed more like is there more people reaching out you know can you cut more checks with the brands like what's going on <laughs> yeah i mean we we've been super lucky with the types of collaborations um like that, what you said, the Macy's thing, it was actually really cool to hear how it even came about because there's um, an internal uh, internal HR group in Macy's that is focused on bringing like Asian culture and Asian issues to life, cool. like just from like an employee perspective mm-hmm. and then doing some programming um, publicly for it. And what we didn't know was that this, a, f- a few people that work in, in at Macy's who are part of this internal group, they all read Banana. Mm. So they had been pushing to do something with us somehow. And it was just really humbling to hear that. Like, you just don't know, like, where you'll meet someone or who you might impact. And somehow they'll be kind of, like, by your side, pushing you along behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, like, seriously so cool to hear that. Um, and it just really showed, like, man, like, I hope, we can forever stay, you know, as genuine as possible to everyone that we meet and be able to, you know, put a face to a name to everyone because there there are truly people who are looking out for us. And I think it it really ties back to the whole essence of the magazine, right? Like 
we want this to be something that we didn't have growing up, right? And we want this to be something that inspires people to be like, hey, I want to be in the creative industry. Like, do I need to be, you know, at this finance job or could I pursue something else or something, you know, like that? Do I have to go to, I don't know, Harvard, <laughs> you know, or could, you know, or can I pursue something else? And that's what we hope Banana will, will serve as this like inspiration point. And clearly like it has been. And that's how we've been getting, you know, really awesome opportunities. Um, can you tell us about that Macy collaboration for those who might not have heard of it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was during APAM last year. So last May, uh, they commissioned us to produce um, some type of APAM activation um, in an empty space that they had on their ninth floor, I believe. It was like the furniture and like suitcase floor. <laughs> it's really, what are we supposed to do with that, right? <laughs> but it was an open space. Um, you know, they had a pretty decent budget for us where, you know, we could finally, you know, get paid for our hours of working on something as opposed to just like doing it, right? Because <laughs> we also have full-time jobs on yeah. the side. So it, it's, a, it's a lot to manage. Um, so we were like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do something. We'll figure it out. And, and we ended up pitching them um, a banana bungalow concept. So we're like, hey, you have a lot of furniture and like luggage here. Let's put an oasis on this ninth floor and create all Asian furniture, like an Asian Ooh. style living room. And it was very much inspired um, by our cover for issue four, which was like a traditional Korean living room cover, um, but with like fun little trinkets mm -hmm. um, on the cover. So we did a similar play on that. Um, we brought in um, an amazing illustrator, Heisu, to create a Bayesian mural mm -hmm. for us. Um, we rented a bunch of just like tr cool traditional Asian furniture. Um, we had mahjong tables set up. Like it was, it was like really fun, and it was just kind of like we positioned it as this like place to escape to during your lunch break. Oh if you want to get a piece of culture yeah. during APAM, like just head on to Macy's. Um, so that's that's how that came about. Did you get to go, JK? I did not, but I seen photos and that shit yeah. looked fucking fire. <laughs> fire. Yeah. And I was like, shit, I wish oh like somebody else paid me to do the same yeah. shit yeah. somewhere else. Gold. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, you mentioned during that you guys have full-time jobs. Yeah. And you guys are Oh yeah, we are actually magazine. an occupation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know if I explain that to you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, our podcast, 699 per pound, we bring in people of diverse um, backgrounds and it's diverse occupations specifically mm. Mm -hmm. and uh, we want to kind of dive into people's careers but since we guys since we had you guys on the podcast we wanted to dive into banana first but you guys have full-time jobs and you're juggling this side hustle which I mean it's you'd be remiss to say it's a side hustle because it's such a big project it's definitely two full-time jobs yeah <laughs> seriously yeah, yeah, yeah for sure yeah and and you guys talked about your backgrounds a little bit but now you guys actually work together Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. For yeah. the last uh, almost two years now, we work at the same uh, creative agency. That's so, awesome. so yeah. Kathleen, what, what what kind of work do you do at the agency? Uh, I'm a creative director there, mm. um, and we do primarily like social-led creative work, um, like working with kind of brands all across the scope. Um, I mainly work with Warner Brothers, like on their classic animation franchises, um, just like doing everything and like Bugs Bunny yeah, yeah. Looney Tunes like Looney Tunes Animaniacs Tom and Jerry very cool. fucking fire yeah. Yeah. you it's kidding me it's pretty fun it's really cool yeah. it's pretty cool like WB11 Animaniacs yeah, exactly. type shit yeah yo like Pinky and the Brain yeah 
So no. we do everything like as small as like putting an Instagram post together to doing um, activations like a pop up for them. So it really kind of spans the entire like scope of what like an agency would do. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What about yourself? Um, so I, I work in communications. So um, you're PR. a publicist. Yeah, yeah. So oh. I started um, in fashion PR. That was probably about like six years of my life. Um, and then I transitioned to more just like general consumer PR. Um, got recruited and referred to by Kathleen. I head over to um, the creative agency. And, and there I opened up the communications department. Um, yeah, I've been there for like almost two years now. Mm. We do. I also work on the Warner Brothers account there. So all the product you see, I help ha have a, a hand in like pitching that as well as helping on like a ton of events. Yeah. Um, and I actually started, uh, was able to start recruiting my own clients, people that I was really passionate to work with. So Sunday School is actually a client of mine now, as well as um, Oh, so they've been brand. getting a lot of good press because of you? <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, is this a shameless plug? Maybe. Life plug. Okay. Um, yeah, and then... Um, and I was like, yo, these guys are getting pretty decent press. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. and then we also started working with this uh, really awesome cannabis distribution company called Nabis, um, who we featured in Banana, got Ooh. connected that way. Hell yeah. And now we're also repping them, so... Oh, I like um, that. I like how you guys like basically cool. do amazing. some story about them and then be like, yo, uh, you want to pay me for your <laughs> services? I, I like that. I like that. There's also been instances um, the other way around too because, you know, everyone volunteers their time freely to mm. Banana. Um, you know, all the illustrators, graphic designers, writers, copy editors, everyone that is on our masthead, um, they do it for free. They do it because, you know, they want to do it for the culture. And right. so on our end, a lot of the times, like we try to find opportunities where we can pay them somehow. Mm -hmm. Right, and, right. Um, we're lucky enough to be at a creative agency that allows freelancers, like really is, like they really support Banana, which is awesome and very rare. Like, so we are, we've actually been able to turn a few people that we met through Banana in, and giving them opportunities, paying opportunities through our agency. Um, and things that we might need there. So that's yeah. pretty it's much. It's been a really cool community. Yeah, that's pretty much towards. J Key's business model too. <laughs> yeah. Like all my homies just just been holding me down mm -hmm. over the years. Right. I was like, all right, I got this little check from Duce. All right, we getting all paid. <laughs> we all going to Peter Luger's after yeah. this together. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's how J Key moves too. So respect to you guys yeah. for uh, you know doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, but you guys both came up kind of like in that fashion mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. Maybe for our listeners who. Uh, may want to get into fashion. Um, what are some things that are maybe true of the stereotypes of like the New York fashion scene? And maybe what are mm -hmm. things that are the less glamorous parts? And especially you guys talked about how you guys mm -hmm. saw each other at a photo shoot and was like Asian. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't recognize each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the less glamorous part is actually working fashion week. Oh, wow. So Marathon. I worked as an editor for like almost two years and like you know for which which zine so first i was a trend editor at um style site which is now wgsn okay, okay. um and then Dope. i worked for a fashion digital website that doesn't exist anymore 
Um, but you know, like as a fashion editor, you get sent to all these shows and then yeah. like when you're growing up and seeing it from afar, you're like, this is fucking glamorous. Yeah. But the worst product. when you're an assistant <laughs> editor and you got to go to all the fucking shows that none of the more senior editors want to go to, that means you're at shows from 8am to 8pm. And then you're working every, like between every show and you're standing in the back because you're not a celebrity or, or an like, influencer with a million followers exactly. so they're not giving you a seat exactly mm. so fashion week was truly hell for me oh my gosh yeah, yeah that just same. sounds horrible like you have to basically go to showrooms and pick up samples in those brown paper bags and hot ass summer days is that your fashion week that was more so my intern mm. days <laughs> your intern yeah. days. like in the fashion closet yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> picking up samples on like all the way in uptown and bringing it back downtown yeah, yeah. I pulled my first work over overnighter at my first PR job during fashion week. Like wow. I didn't sleep for more than 24 hours and it was so insane. Which uh, PR company was this? Can you shout them out? Yeah, shouts to Factory PR. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Damn, the name is Factory. <laughs> wow. That's some like Upton Sinclair jungle type shit. <laughs> It was, you know it was inspired by like Andy Warhol. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It was yeah. inspired by some creative mm-hmm. shit, not some like bourgeois, like yeah. exploiting the people type shit. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. But, you know, I cut my teeth there. Like at the time, that's just how it was. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Whereas yeah. like now, I feel like work life balance, pe- work life yeah, balance. Everyone's like hashtag self care. And, you know, <laughs> I, I definitely would not be able to do the same shit I did, you know, back then and now. Like, I'm, I feel, I feel so old in my body now. No, nah, no, nah, for sure. To. Like, nah, totally. Mm-hmm. I think there's certain pockets or certain years in your 20s that you are able to kind of just fucking wear 20 different hats and you yeah. still be able to go to work next day and still have like a somewhat of a presentable mm-hmm. feature. You know what I mean? But after a certain point, yeah. you're just like, okay, man, why am I doing all this shit for again? You know what I'm saying? You become enlightened. Uh-huh. And you're like, sleep is important. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, I think I experience this sometimes. So I work at like a documentary studio. And Great big story. Great big story, yay! Shout out to um, Chad Turner. <laughs> and sometimes when they tell Asian American stories or Asian stories and maybe the producer or the seniors, they're not of Asian descent. Like there are certain blind spots that they have. And I wonder if that is the case in fashion as well, in terms of like, if there are, you know, Asian themes or Asian models. And I'm, I'm sure for you guys, for Banana Magazine, you guys are able to kind of come up with like a cool lens that respect and honors at the same time. But And with this whole talk of like kind of appropriation and things, like when you guys were in fashion, were there times where you're like, man, I wish I could run this this would look so much better right but to add on to to add on to jojo's point but even in addition to fashion like i mean like now you guys work in a creative agency where you guys deal with Mm -hmm. like warner brothers that has like this tremendous catalog um was there any point where you guys might have like damn i gotta check this motherfucker in this meeting you know (laughs) what i mean or anything like that um not really these days like I honestly would say we're lucky enough to be working with very open-minded and inclusive people. Mm-hmm. Um, but something, you know, we we do do is like uh, a lot of times we're building out strategies or campaigns for clients. Um, you know, oftentimes we're like building decks. We're presenting it. We're presenting, you know, here's someone that you should partner with and collaborate with. These are the influencers you should activate with, right? 
we always make sure there is a very diverse group of people that mm. we're always presenting to our clients. Yeah. And that we are questioning, like, if there are, you know, a lot of white faces, like, we sh- let's let's think about this a little bit differently, mm-hmm. right? And, like, let's change the narrative a bit. Um, on the hiring process, like, I- I'm lucky enough to be in a position now where where I make the hires, you know, I can control the people I want to work with. And so I make sure that when I'm hiring, I am, you know, thinking very diversely and, you know, not, not just race, but also like qualifications, personal backgrounds, things like that. Um, So it's been good. It's, it's been really good to be able to be in that, that position now to do our part, even though it might seem small, you never know how much it can impact down the line. Mm-hmm. Kathleen, anything you would like to add? I mean, I think it's just kind of like how we want companies, brands to make sure that they're like telling our narrative right. It's like we have to do our due diligence and make sure if we're trying to tell someone else's story that like we're involving people of those backgrounds. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's like really the only thing is like just turn it back around and, and make sure we're, we're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we check ourselves for that on Banana too. Like, um, you know, one thing we we really a, a a topic we really want to explore a lot is um, South Asian topics, and you know, yeah, everyone has a story to tell. However, like we we haven't had the opportunity to find someone to tell that properly yet. Mm. Like, and we don't feel right for us to source someone or for us to be the writers for it because it's not our story to tell. Yeah. So, if there are any South Asians who want to participate, work with us, talk about it, like definitely hit us up at Banana Mag. Um, but yeah, that, that's another example. Open casting. Yeah. <laughs> nah, for sure. Definitely. Um, cool. So on that note, uh, what, I mean, I know the issue five is coming out. Can you like tell us all the details, the plugins, you know, how can people purchase it? details, mathematics, all of that. For sure. Um, so for launch, well, right now, the magazine's open for pre-order. Um, so anyone can go to our website, bananamag, banana-mag.com um, and get it there. But we're oh, also... Week of the 13th. <laughs> That's we're when doing our Queens launch. Hey. Okay. Damn, yo. From LA coach oh. to Queens alumni. Okay, okay, okay. Are, all right. Our launch with alumni june 8th um Uh where we'll be posted up at their shop um and you can buy the magazine um and you'll be able to come out to flushing and meet us and we can get dumplings (laughs) sounds good but tell us a little bit about the coach situation like what's that about in la yeah coach uh is sending us out or has sent us out Uh-huh. It's okay. okay. Is it past tense? Yeah, past We're tense. We're breaking the fourth tense. dimension. It doesn't We're matter. The r- <laughs> doesn't matter. If you, if, you, if you weren't there, you weren't there. You That's weren't all. There, yeah. You know what I mean? Just tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, Coach is sending us out to LA mm. uh, to support a Shanghai uh, collab series that they did back during uh, Shanghai Fashion Week. Right. Um, so one of, one of the collectives they collaborate with is Yeti Out. Which, um, for those who are not familiar, yeah, they're Yeti, a pretty huge like music collective, collective. Yeah, yeah. out in Asia. Sure. Um, they have a lot of plugs in the UK and LA as well. And they collaborated on a bag with Coach. Mm. And so um, Tom Bray, he's going to be uh, out in LA to support the launch. And we're also partnering with Coach to help bring that to life too. So um, we're basically uh, host slash 
producer for the event. Um, we're throwing a private Bayesian dinner as well as an after party in West Hollywood. So, yeah, it's a huge opportunity. Wow. You so know, awesome. like every Asian mom is jealous right now. <laughs> righteous. Nah, that's, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. is the brand. Yeah, that's that's the brand we all grew up on, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's really cool to come full circle and, and be able to partner with um, such an amazing luxury brand. Um, Cop some coach for mom. Oh, yeah. yeah. Out there. For sure. <laughs> and her little the aunties. Nah, that's All the up. aunties. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, so, yeah. yeah, like, so uh, the magazine is going to be ready. Where I guess it's going to be by the time this episode drops, the magazine's going to be. The pre-order is already up. Yeah. So if the pre-order's out, like, I mean, it mm-hmm. should be available, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so where, yeah. where do they cop it? Like, bananamag.com? Yeah. Is, is that online, the address? Online at Canal Street Market, where we are right now. Um, it's distributed um, globally. So we have a select a few select um, distributors out in Europe and in Asia. Mm. Um, you can check our website for the stockists. Um, and then the Pacific Northwest. So. Mm. I think it's available at Alumni as well, by the way. It's also available at Alumni, yeah. which on June Alumni Flushing. 8th, yeah. Word. Shameless I, plug. I, nah, I heard, I heard is killing it over there. You'll be able to see yeah. uh-huh. the magazine. Word, word, word. No doubt. I think it's also… Make sure uh, Seven Trades personally running. merchandise it for us. Yeah, I think I think it's also like sponsored by Adidas, I heard. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like yeah, Flushing. Another, yeah, another yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. <laughs> so, um, alright. So, on that note, um, I like to ask… Uh, one out of the two questions that we always ask our guests, um, what is the most significant relationship in your life uh, for both of y'all? Like, it doesn't have to be romantic, but it could be. You know what I mean? She was just flexing with the big-ass rock. I know, we got like blinded by ago, Vicky's rock. hour ago, you know what I mean? I would say my husband, but mm. as it pertains to this specific episode, I'm definitely saying my mom and dad mm-hmm. um, they have been my rock since day one like honestly so rare to have two par- two immigrant parents support the, the shit that I do no. <laughs> it's for the coach bags yeah no. right. <laughs> but before that mm-hmm. yeah I mean my my mom she's she's our uh, uh, shipping and handling woman like she uh. helps wow. us ship out magazines every single day like it's housed in my garage. Like she's made friends with the USPS ladies. Like she's got that on lock. So, like, serious shouts, shouts to my mom for like supporting me. And all That's this. awesome. Yeah. Does she ever read an issue and be like, "Yo, is this okay?" Like, does she ever like check you on oh, that? Yeah. Or is she very like? She doesn't. But I really hope she doesn't flip through the cannabis. Part. Oh god. <laughs> Give her she like might. a oh oh. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yo, good mood. Um. I mean, I have to say my mom too. <laughs> I feel like most people say their moms, but I mean, it is Mother's Day coming up. Yeah, right? it's true. Yeah, Mother's yeah, Day yeah, is coming yeah, yeah. up, but she is my best friend and my favorite person. She's the prettiest, coolest, funniest person I know. Um, and she actually was in issue two. Yeah, um, yeah. We wanted to do a story on like Jade Bangles and Cuban oh, links. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That's starring I actually like Betty. That. So, um, we just wanted to tell a story about Asian Americans and their relationship with jewelry, and just like wanted to juxtapose like some like an immigrant who came all the way to America with all of her jade versus like someone like Tommy the jeweler who, yeah. um, you know, like a a twenty four karat gold chain is like super important to them and what right. that means with but the buddha exactly mm-hmm. um so i would say my mom mm, shout out to moms yo wow yeah. that's awesome Support that you guys system. 
I think you guys were the first ones to actually shout out moms on this really? questionnaire, no? Really? Respect your I moms, I don't want to yo. say, but... I don't want to say never say never, but no, we've had a whammy. therapist. We had, mm. a, you know, all types of situations, but I think mom was kind of like the first. We're a bunch of mamas, girl. I know, yeah. 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 For sure. Very important. Uh-huh. Well, okay. Another question that we have that we'd love for you to share is what is your personal mantra? Just do it. But not sponsored by Nike. <laughs> Just do it, but Just not sponsored it. by Nike. <laughs> mm. No, we talk that, about Michael. we talk about follow through a lot, and that's how Banana came to life. It's like you can have as many ideas as you want, but if you don't follow through, then you're not making anything happen. You're just like someone with a lot of good ideas. Nah, for sure. I hate motherfuckers like that. No, that is so true. I like to get their ideas, but I'm like, yo, you suck, son. Like, you can't <laughs> execute any of this yeah. shit while yeah. J-Key out here flourishing, you know? Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's tough. It's tough in, it's tough in New York. Everyone's creative, right? Mm. And everyone is, has a million hats. But, uh, I don't know. I would say that and plus having like a really great support system. Right. You know, like, I definitely would not be able to do banana alone. Like, have to have Kathleen by my side for that. Like, I wouldn't be able to do my daytime career if, you know, I didn't have the coworkers that I have. Like, wouldn't be able to ship out magazines without my mom. <laughs> Damn, you want some real, like, Captain Planet, like, yeah. yo, we all in it together mm-hmm. type, no, you know, true. harmonious. Like, you, can't, you can't do things alone. And Word. You, and you just can't operate that way. I know a lot of people that that do and think that way and, and that's great, but you're just going to burn out. And if you are going to burn out, at least you're doing it with someone else and you can grieve together about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's the most practical yeah. advice. No, nah, that, that was that was great. Um, on that note, is there anything else uh, you guys would like to add? I think we should shout out Janice and Courtney just talking about the yeah. support system. Word. <laughs> Um, Shout out to Janice. She's the publicist of yeah, the magazine. Both Janice, Janice and Courtney. Got you. Yeah. Janice and Courtney. Yeah. They Banana team. are the best human beings in the world. <laughs> oh. mm. Yeah. They help keep yeah. our shit together. Yeah. Right. How did you keep us meet? on the banana boat? Both banana yeah. boat. Um, they actually reached, both reached out to us like on separate occasions just wanting to get involved and you know we met them we fell in love with them and they've just been part of our team ever since yeah. and you know yeah. what they followed through yeah they followed through oh they, they showed up they after have, the first yeah, week yeah, yeah. coming back they, like, they both also yeah. have demanding full-time jobs yeah. so right. you know they yeah they follow through on what they want to do and and how they want to achieve their personal goals through banana so that's amazing. Nah, you it's know, been love ever that, since. Nah, like yeah. I, I feel the same way about like Michael. Yeah, example, Michael Ken Stewart. Producer, you know what I mean? Who couldn't be here with us today? Uh, he was so bummed, but you guys will meet him at the party. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, like, nah, for like the way you describe um, Janice and Courtney is exactly the way with Michael. You know what I mean? I don't want to make him feel too good, but yo, like, <laughs> he's solid. But yeah, and yeah. I think that's the best accountability when you have like a team that uh, it's giving so much. You definitely want to give. Right, right. Yeah. Great. So, um, on that note, I guess it's another episode of 699 per pound podcast here with the courageous founders of Banana Magazine. Yeah. Which by the way, whenever I type in Banana Mag, the first thing that pops up it's like is rifle. like rifles. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, really? yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I was <laughs> like, yo, all right, all right, cool. So hopefully by issue six, you Don't know, the, S- the, yeah. the, the, the SEO, the search engine optimization yeah. gets like stronger so it just banana pops up first yeah. you know what I'm saying but so, I don't know 
I'm sure the listeners can find Banana Mac on Insta, but can you guys plug your Insta as well so people can follow yeah. you and find you? Yeah, my uh, this is Vicky. My personal Instagram is at underscore Vicky Vibe, B-I-C-K-I, B-I-B-E. Nice. My personal is at Kathleen So. She's my first and last name. So has a T, a silent T. Oh. Like General So's chicken. <laughs> Yo, I, I like love that. It. And Kathleen is spelled like Kathleen Turner. Oh, oh. okay. Some, some old Kathleen school white Turner. reference. You know what I'm saying? I was I like named that. after Kathleen Turner. Oh, shit. Randomly. Nice. That's dope. Immigrant. Um, nah. Mom. <laughs> Word. So on that note, it's been another episode of 699 per pound podcast. Once again, we are recording from Canal Street Radio. Shout out to the Canal Street Market team. Shout out to Banana Magazine team for coming through. You know what I mean? Vicky, Kathleen, Janice, Courtney, everybody holding it down. We are going to have a launch event, Alumni Flushing, on June 8th. Come you know through. what I mean? We're going to have all the release promo and situations out there soon. So, oh yeah, and the issue is available now by, this t- by the time this podcast is out. Readily available on Bananamagazine.com, so make sure you cop it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Also, shouts to you guys for giving us this amazing platform oh to God. to talk about banana. Of course, of course. You know what I mean. Or it's an honor. honor I've been, I've been, guys. I've been Thank wanting you. to have you guys on here for a while. So, yeah. So once again, six ninety nine per pound podcast. Make sure you follow us on iTunes, Spotify, all types of podcast platforms that you feel comfortable. You subscribe. You leave comments. You like us. Right all of that. You know what I mean. Hi. Peace. Hey yo, it's 699 for pound. Podcast. Uh-huh.